just like, let's just go see what's here and stuff. And I was just like, okay. And here I am. I got this like cute pumpkin seed thing. Oh, I love gummy bears. I unfortunately couldn't read what it was or exactly where the lady was from where this happened. I always like to look into that because our parents are like people who work with El Mexican Fiesta. My name is Imani Jalil and I am the program director for Bembe Drum and Dance. Thank you so much for having us tonight. And we also have a very special guest artist here from Puerto Rico who is doing a two-month residency with our organization. His name is Mr. Beto Torrens, and we're very, very lucky to have him here with us tonight. Those are the sounds of Noche de Alteres. A Day of the Dead event hosted by Urban Ecology Center in Escuela Verde. There were dancers, singers, food trucks with foods like bria ramen and tacos, ofrendas for past relatives, friends, and pets, and craft stations where kids made their own monarch butterflies. Although the event was evolved around death, the community was alive that night, showing up for both the dead and the living. This is Uniquely Milwaukee. It's everything you love about community stories, but more in depth. Giving the stories the time and attention they deserve. Changing perspective one episode at a time. I'm your host, Salam Fatayed, and this is Uniquely Milwaukee. Stories that stick with you. I spoke with a few people there and I had one question in mind. If you were honoring someone, would you like to tell a story about them? A story that perhaps brought you joy? To start us off, I spoke with two teen siblings, Damon and Rudandi. Like, we always like to share our culture and stuff with people in our own way. Is there a person that you're honoring or remembering for a day of the day? Um, Most of the time it will be one of my mom's grandpas. If I can recall, I, don't get, I didn't get to meet him as much, sadly, since his passing, which sadly was a few years ago. But for what I can recall from what my mom said, that he was a little artist nearby in Mexico, somewhere in Chacano, um, of course, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I forgot what I forgot what he played, but I remember mom actually still having a CD of his actual songs around the house. While I was interviewing them, their mom approached us and offered to bring more color to his memory. So, um, a while back, I know you know abuela, la primera vez, like three years ago, my grandma came to the U.S. for the first time, so we got to meet her. And she talks about my grandpa and how, like, she would get jealous of him because his second lover would be his guitar. <laughs> he loved making music. Um, he also was, like, a radio host. And, um, yeah, that's what reminds me of him, like, a guitar, radio hosting, yeah. Around the corner, there was a gentleman decked out to the nines. He had a suit on and a fancy black hat with a gold cane. His name was David de Cruz. Yeah, my dad. Uh, three of my brothers, brothers, two brothers and one sister. Is, is there, would you like to possibly, do you have a memory that you can share of either your brother or your siblings that bring you joy, that, a story that you like to share when you think of them? Well, the way how I feel right now is just uh, lonely. You know, my dad, he was all the way with us, sharing 
making us laugh or, you know, so loneliness is what I, well, I not remember, it's just feel it. We're here like celebrating, there's two feelings. Feeling joy because you see most of the people here and also in our mind, we remember the people who's been gone. This is a radio station, so I wanted to ask, is there a song that you think of when you maybe you think about your father or your siblings or back home? And most of the people think about viejo, mi querido viejo. That is song again uh, about your father when he passed away after that. It's a lot of people remember that. Solamente sus consejos viven en mí los recuerdos de niño cuando una estrella deseaba como recuerdo a mi padre que con eso sonreía mientras mi madre me Coming up next, I will speak with our very own Alma Velez about the history of Dia de Dead and how she talks about death in her own household. Do you want to know the secret behind the programming you love? It's all funded by the honor system. As a public radio station, we're based on a very simple model. We try to do something meaningful, connecting with you through music and stories. And then we count on those who appreciate what we do to show their support. Are you one of them? Show your support by visiting RadioMilwaukee.org and joining today. Alma is here with us in the studio. Upstairs by your office, you made an ofrenda for Radio Milwaukee. And we'll get to that in a bit. To start us off with Dia de los Muertos, from your own perspective, what is the importance um, of this holiday? Dia de los Muertos for me is really a way to honor those that have passed on. So my relatives and my ancestors and truly instead of mourning, celebrating their life. So it's a way not only for us to be able to cope with their passing, but also a way to really think about them in a very happy and happy way. The Day of the Dead or Dia de Muertos, is an ever-evolving holiday that traces its earliest roots to the Aztecs people in what is now central Mexico. The Aztecs used skull to honor the dead thousands of years before the Day of the Dead celebrations emerged. Skulls, like the ones placed on Aztec temples, remain a key symbol in a tradition that has continued for more than six centuries in the annual celebration to honor those who have passed on. However, once the Spanish conquered the Aztec Empire in the 16th century, the Catholic Church moved indigenous celebrations and rituals honoring the dead throughout the year to the Catholic dates on November 1st and November 2nd. In these ceremonies, people have created ofrendas and built altars in their homes, offering their loved ones candles, lights, photos of the deceased, and items left behind. So it is based on Christianity and, and indigenous beliefs. So if you take those two together, that's how Dia de los Muertos 
comes to life. And then the, not only with the ofrendas, which are offerings, which the Aztecs did for their gods. So it's a way of keeping their souls alive and how, you know, when you pass on somebody, the belief of somebody being there to um, meet you and just, it's a, it's, it's a way of coping with death. You know, personally for me growing up, I really didn't really know much about Dia de los Muertos until high school, you know, because I grew up overseas. And even back then, it didn't really click for me the importance of this holiday until the Pixar movie Coco. And last week, Urban Ecology Center and Escuela Verde Milwaukee hosted um, an event. And it was just, it was such a wonderful, wholesome, beautiful event especially from someone that's an outsider. I, it was a multi-generational event. Mm-hmm. I saw kids and their parents and their grandparents. There were dancers. There were like places to interact. There were kids painting painting butterflies. And one of the things that I really remembered was one of the dancers that closed off the event, she was dancing in an Aztec style and ta- taught us about the importance of uh, the the Aztec culture for Day of the Dead, but also how the dance each 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 dance step symbolizes the four that elements. What I really of love nature. about Aztec is that every movement has something a symbol. Lo que me gusta de Azteca es que muchos de los movimientos, casi todos, tienen un simbolismo. And in this case, um, I would like to show you what the four elements means in Aztec or how we represent the four elements while we dance. Me gustaría demostrarles cómo representan los cuatro elementos en el baile. Okay, this is a quiz. Who can tell me the four elements? ¿Quién me puede decir los cuatro elementos? It is. It's really tied so much, like you mentioned, with, with nature. And you mentioned the butterflies and the monarch Butterfly, yes, la mariposa monarca. It's huge for Dia de los Muertos, and you see them all over, as well as the Sampasuchi flower. So it's a marigold. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I saw a few of those too. And there's fields of marigold, and those are symbolize the soul. So it's it's the offerings to the to our dead is really about the keeping, you know the living and the dead together. Now, since we're speaking about symbols, I, I saw a few individuals dressed up with the flower head pieces. They had their face painted like a skull and with the flowy dresses. That symbolizes the Katrina, right? So La Katrina really came about satirize death and uh, social class. And what he did is it created the Katrina um, and it was made, made up by a cartoon illustrator. His name was Jose Guadalupe Posada, and he wanted to really create this woman representing death in the upper class. So this person, as you see, you see the get up with flowers and fancy dresses and, you know, really so identifying. Yes, but very much identifying the differences between social class like you. We're all going to die. You're not going to take your wealth with you. Mm. So. Truly, the Katrina, which means Katrin, Katrin is somebody that's wealthy. If you translate it in Spanish, oh, it's a Katrina, is a woman. Katrin is, is a man. But Katrina means wealth. And during that, those days where President Porfirio Diaz was in office in Mexico, 
there was a lot of huge uh, there was a lot of debate and a huge differences between the wealthy and the poor and a lot of times you know you can look we're all going to die we're all going to look the same we're all going to look like calacas which are calaca is another word for the sugar skulls and mm-hmm. then just the uh the skull essence but you know these people thought that they were better than others so i wanted to bring to the point that it was a multi-generational when i went to the event it was multi-generational and i saw a lot a lot of kids there and it was it was actually like, although the event centered around death, there was a lot of joy there and mm-hmm. you, you can feel it. You're a mother. And how, how did you approach when, as a mom talking about death with your kids? That is such a difficult conversation to have, especially like you mentioned, multi-generational. And for my children, it was a little bit different than it was for myself that I grew up with my grandparents and my great grandparents because I was living in around my family Mm -hmm. for them living away in another state and growing up but my smaller children did do get to experience did get to experience grandparents to talk about death is difficult because one day they're here and then they're gone so even though it was a very different experience for me because we have very much uh, traditions around that you have a funeral you know there's a wake and my children did not get to experience that when their grandmother passed so for us la ofrenda in this offering was a way for them to cope with that my small child would cry that first second year that his grandmother paternal grandmother passed away and didn't understand it didn't understand why she was gone even though she had been suffering with Alzheimer's for a very long time. So she, he saw the pain, the excruciating pain of her deteriorating. And then one day she was just gone. Mm-hmm. And he didn't get to go to any kind of wake. There was There's different traditions for his father's side. So for him, la ofrenda in understanding, I think Coco brought so much <clears throat> to children his age, he's yeah. 11, that made him understand that when somebody passes, it's not a, for us in our beliefs, it's not a goodbye forever. And they will live on through memory and remembrance. So it was very healing for him. And I saw how much of an effort he put. I think for us, it's very important to be able to create on our own, create our own little traditions that they can understand to be better human beings in the future and be able to cope with any kind of pain through their life. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And, you know, yeah, when I was there, I was actually thinking about my own family, mm-hmm. how a lot of my family is back in Palestine. My mom is overseas in um, Jordan. And I'm getting older, so, like, you never know, like, when I'll ever see them again. And an ofrenda is a beautiful way to honor your ancestors, give offerings to them and such, but also to give us some closure. And yes. Yeah, and that, that I thought I started thinking about that because my grandfather passed away last year and I, I loved him as like when I was younger, when I lived in Palestine, we had a close relationship. And then I haven't I haven't seen any of them for over about 10 years. So when he passed away last year, it was it felt it's such an odd feeling because I found out via an Instagram message mm. and it's like. You, you're, you're sad and you think but the, the day goes on like you like you said you don't go to the wake you don't go to the funeral you don't do what your you know what your community you're not part of the healing process with mm-hmm. your community with your family so it feels like you're disingenuous like it feels like that relationship is disingenuous or that 
them passing away didn't make a difference because you haven't seen them in 10 years. Even Absolutely. though it, it, it has made a difference. So when I was there, I, I really was thinking about my grandfather and how um, hopefully next year when we do an ofrenda, yes. I can bring something of him um, and really have closure with that and kind of not say goodbye forever, but, you know, remember them. that way. Yeah, remember them and make sure mm-hmm. that, you know, they live on with me and throughout not- the distance. And I think that's the most important thing. And I, this year, uh, we did our ofrenda here at Radio Milwaukee, mm-hmm. and I brought wanted to bring that of myself here to the station and invited everybody to do that if they wanted to join in. Mm-hmm. Because this isn't just, it is a Mexican tradition, but it's something that we want to share. Mm-hmm. We want to share, share with you, with those that may not have closure to a passing. This is a way to do it community-wide and it was so exciting to see so many in Milwaukee and throughout the entire state really celebrate Dia de los Muertos in a very vivid and passionate way. It isn't just, oh, it's Mexican. It's about community. It's about remembering. It's about Provide bringing beauty to something that may be very, that it is extremely painful and giving that closure or a sense of peace. This year to our ofrenda, we added Mary Louise Mussolini, who was the executive director here and passed away in 2016, um, you know, with the blessing of her family. But it was a great way to remember everything that she's done and truly this building. We are here because of her, mm-hmm. her belief in wanting to leave not only a legacy, but something for the city and for uh, Milwaukee and for everything that Radio Milwaukee stands for. So it was so important to have her present there. Mm -hmm. And you guys all got to see our family, my ancestors, DJs, uncle, and just we are able to share a part of us without saying anything at all. Right. I love that. There's power to that, too. I asked every single person I interviewed this this past week at the Noche de Alteres if they were honoring someone, if they would like to share a story about them. Is is there anyone that you can think of that you're honoring this year that you would like to share a story? I want to share the story of my friend that just passed away early this year, Carla Barrillas, which was a treasure to this community. She worked for St. Anthony School for a very long time. And she died way too early. She she moved on too early. And I've known her since, oh goodness, like her early 20s. And I've, you know, we've kind of grown up together and seen her succeed in her career. And it's just something that I want to remember her because anytime I pass where she used to live, I think about her truly every single day she crosses my mind. Mm. it's little things every day she crosses my mind how she used to love my Puerto Rican potato salad <laughs> Thanksgiving <laughs> she'd oh. always call me he's like Alma did you make the potato salad I said yes she's I made not potato coming salad. without that potato exactly. salad exactly <laughs> it was just like it, it was something that was for her and I thought about the potato salad anytime that I make potato salad I'm going to think of Carla now but her laugh I remember her she had this very unique little giggle and she was just somebody that was a huge part of my life here in Milwaukee and a huge part of my life and I want to remember her and she will always be in my heart and she will live on and 
for me, I know her family is out there and um, her sister, she lives on in her sister. She lives on also in her little niece that was just born after she passed away this year. So, and I think she carries her, her middle name, Melissa. Aww. So Carla Melissa Barrias, I love you. Do you have a song that we can play in honor of Carla? The song, En La Llorona, because she, The Weeping Woman is just a song that is so touching. And anytime I hear it, I think of Carla. Not because she's a weeping woman, but I just, it reminds me of how beautiful she was. I'm your host, Salam Fatayer. Thank you to Nate Imig, our executive producer. Kenny Perez, our audio engineer. Thank you for our marketing team led by Sarah Lar. Graphics on our wonderful logo is made by Aaron Bagada. And Dan Ryder handles our social media accounts. And a big special thank you to our city-loving members for making Uniquely Milwaukee possible. Tune in next Monday for our next episode.